Welcome to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I'm your host, marketing and mindset coach, Ellie Swift, here to help you connect with your clients, create life-changing results in your online business, and shine neon bright online. I built a multi-six-figure business in under two years and, more importantly, have supported my clients to get amazing results. My clients have generated five- and six-figure launches, tripled their income, and completely transformed their lives using my signature framework, the Swift Marketing Method. In this podcast, I take you a layer deeper into my business, my life, and my mind. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get started. If you listen to the trailer episode, you would know that my commitment to this podcast is to bring you behind the scenes in my business, my life, and my mind. And my very first guest today is a complete and utter reflection of that promise to you. I'm so excited to have our first guest with us today, who is my darling fiance, Che Robinson. This is a big deal because I really like to keep my relationship pretty private. Che's never made an appearance in my Facebook group. He's never been live with me. He's not at all a part of this online world. Nothing. (laughs) So this is very much a first. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about my darling man first and foremost. Che is a maritime worker and an offshore fly-in, fly-out worker. He's a men's mental health counsellor in training. He's a home chef, a musician, a creative, a Piscean, an introvert, a manifesting generator, an Instagram husband, a self-proclaimed dog uncle, (laughs) and the best human I know. And the reason I really wanted to bring him on is because You know, I hear so often from my clients that when you're starting and scaling your business, it can be really challenging in your romantic relationship, right? And I totally get it. We've we've absolutely had to navigate what bringing uh, a scaling business into our household has looked like for us. Uh, And in this episode, you're going to hear all about it. You're going to hear Che's perspective on all of that alongside mine. It's very conversational. Uh, You'll hear how he felt when I told him I was leaving my corporate job. And just to give you a hint on that, it wasn't all positive. Uh, How we've navigated life when the business has scaled quickly, how we resolve conflict and our biggest tips to stay connected through all of it. So I just wanted to mention last of all, before we kick off that Che identifies as a cisgender man uh, and I identify as a cisgender woman. However, our aim here has really been to support you and your partner, no matter your partner's gender or yours for that matter. I just say, obviously, this is a a podcast for women first and foremost. So we really, really hope that it helps you no matter where you're at in your business journey, uh, no matter where you're at in your relationship, your romantic relationship and your relationship with your other loved ones for that matter. I know you're about to love Che as much as I do. I hope you love this episode. 
I am so very excited to be here with my very first guest on the Shine Online with Ellie Swift podcast, Che Robinson. Welcome. Hey. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. You and I haven't done this before in any way. We've never done a live video. I've never no. had you in the Facebook group. So this is very much a, a Team Swift first, which is exciting for me because I feel like I get to share you with everyone <laughs> for the first time a little bit. So the intention of today is really for us to obviously dive into our relationship and running the business and what that looks like for us. And we got a bunch of questions about that that we're going to answer, but we thought we'd kick off with some of the personal stuff because we did get asked questions about that. We so, did. darling, how did we meet? Can you share a little about that? Yeah, I can uh, I can share some stuff about that and maybe you can fill in the blanks <laughs> along the way if I miss something. We met uh, it was a while ago now, I'm back uh, in another life when I worked in the music business and you're at uni and you were doing some work for our company from time to time. And then uh, we sort of worked together more and more. And I think we went on a few dates. We and did. then I moved, moved to, to London. London. Yeah. And so it was kind of kind of over as quick as it began, I guess, back yeah. then. Uh, you were away for what, two yeah, two about years, two and a half years. years. So that was when mm. I was 21. And so we'll, I was really young when <laughs> we first met and nothing eventuated. No. And then I came back. Yeah, you came back and uh, well, we just went out on a good old fashioned date. And that was it, I think, wasn't it? Rest like, is history. Yeah. So I think. We just kind of reconnected straight away. I feel like it took no time at all. And it was really about timing, right? So it's really interesting because, you know, you're obviously six years older, five and a half years <laughs> older than me. And I very much put it down to timing because I can remember when I was 21 and we had those first few dates that, you know, in hindsight, we both know that we very much had a connection. But at the time I was, I'd barely traveled. I had barely done any adventuring and there was so much that I needed to do whereas you'd done quite a lot of travel at that stage the difference in our ages of 21 and 27 at that point it felt like a much bigger gap like there was a mm. lot I had to go and do and you were so ready to go I was point. ready to go yeah. like I think uh if I can recall back you know we we made a great connection around that time but you were ready to go I wasn't necessarily ready to chase after you at that stage yeah. that bit would come later that bit would um, come later so yeah so I think it was the wise move at the time to park it for now so we got together properly when I got back from London we had a couple of dates and then I moved to Sydney so we did long distance for 18 months so mm. we literally started our relationship long distance mm. and then here we are seven yeah. years later Six and a half, seven. Six and a half, seven. <laughs> Semantics. In fact, I think we marked our six years by getting engaged, didn't we? That's right. On the 27th of December. We did. We did. And we're getting married next year. And so we were asked about this where uh, we're getting married next year in March, which is very exciting. Yeah, we It's coming around quick. Yeah, we never really thought that we would be the kind of official wedding people, but... 
what we've both come together on and talked about so many times is that like two things, we love our family and our friends and we really love a party. And so wouldn't you say that's very much become the intention now is as the guest list has climbed and, (laughs) you know, the cost of the weddings climbed, we're like, it's okay, it's a party. I love that. I think uh, the thought of bringing people together, you know, that perhaps haven't hung out for quite some time uh, warms me up. Yeah. I think that's going to be great. It is. It's and, of course, exciting. wedding you. <laughs> the wedding as well. <laughs> so, okay, let's dive into good things where, you know, we can shed some light on our relationship and the business and talk about some of the things that we do together. Obviously, in our relationship, I'm very much in, you know, entrepreneur mode in my business and you over the life of the business have done a raft of different things. Predominantly, you've worked away, fly in, fly out for, you know, four weeks or five weeks on, four or five weeks off. Yeah. And so during that time, I feel like we've learned quite a lot about how to navigate a relationship and a business. And I know that I get asked so many questions about it from clients. And so we want to dive into some of those questions today and really share our own experience of what that looks like. Obviously, we don't have children. You know, our situation is likely going to be different to every other person that's listening because we're all so unique, but Mm. we're hoping that, you know, there's something that people might get out of this. So Let's take it back to the start and Mm. talk about, you know, those early days when I said, okay, this is it. Like I'm leaving corporate. I'm going all in on the business. Mm. What did that look like from your perspective? Like when I first came to you and I was like, I'm unhappy. I want to move into the business. Can you share a little bit about what came up for you? Mm. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it quite well because, I mean, I guess it wasn't actually that long long ago. But I think at the time I probably had – well, I did have mixed emotions, if I'm being brutally honest, because you'd worked so hard to get to where you had got to in your work. You know, you'd, your like tertiary education and your entire professional career had brought you to that point. Yeah. You'd worked hard to get there, you know, and I, and I always remember you saying, um, you know, that like the head of strategy role within that field was kind of like going to be the zenith of your corporate career and you got there and uh of course you know then you you started to um feel as though you might want to take a new direction um and so that was probably the only negative side of it was seeing like was just sort of going hey you know have you thought this totally thought this through and is it the right move and what have you but I think at the same time and maybe for the months leading up to that you were you know it was quite evident that there was some dissatisfaction there it was weighing on you more and more it was coming up in our chats more and more it was having probably more of an impact on our on our life so I think that uh yeah inevitably I saw it probably as the right move for your for your happiness I really love that you shared that there about how you were really conflicted at the time and I must admit I didn't really know that at the time that you were feeling that confliction. But I think it's really great that you've shared it because I know that for clients, when they say they're embarking on businesses, they quite often will have partners who are like, oh, wow, and aren't necessarily supportive straight away. Mm. And I'd love to know from your perspective why you think 
that is because I'm sure there's many factors, mm. right? Yeah. And so for you, what what was it that was coming up? I think on a, on a positive note at that time, we were in quite a privileged position for for somebody to do something different within, you know, it, whether it be me or you. And so that helped sort of saying, hey, you know, like if you're going to have a crack, now is a great time to do it. That definitely helped. But I think it was, yeah, like I shared before, like you turning your back on what you'd, you know, worked worked hard to achieve and then maybe if that was going to derail some of our shared goals, not that we had any significant ones at that time, but we had kind of discussed the idea of like, you know, buying a house together and, you know, some of those major kind of financial commitments. And I thought that maybe that was going to be, you know, counterproductive towards those. Mm. Um, But, you know, I I don't think that they were a major thing for us necessarily, but they definitely cropped up. So I I would dare say that, you know, like, you know, people's circumstances are going to really dictate, you know, how significant that feels when Mm. one or other of them wants to take a leap. And we really had to work out, okay, well, what's the best case and what's the worst case scenario here? And that was I feel a good like thing to do. that really supported us, right? Because yeah. so often people are really afraid to look at, well, what's the worst that could happen here? Mm. Because in doing so, it's almost like, but what? You don't think that I'm going to be able to succeed? Like, you don't think that I'm going to be able to make this happen? And so I know for you, especially, you know, I very much identify as a woman, you identify as a man in our relationship. And I know for you that real sense of being able to provide and look after us should I not be able to make money quickly in my business or whatever was really important to you of, okay, how can we make sure that we keep the lights on and that we keep things ticking? Does that feel true? For sure. Yeah. I think, I think uh, you know, sitting down early on and and sort of uh, hashing out that worst case scenario was the right move because invariably the worst case scenario isn't actually that bad. And, you know, without going into like the detail of what our worst case scenario looked like at that time, I think once we did kind of detail that and lay it out and go, okay, here it is, it was not that bad. And I think, again, you know, I was fortunate enough to be in a spot that, you know, could pick up the slack, you know, financially or whatever, and or, or at least not let that be a roadblock to your progress and development at that time. And I think when I, again, when I think back on it, I don't recall ever having to hit the panic button. So we're no. really lucky. But I must add to that, that leading up to you taking that kind of leap, the way you approached your career up to that point you always exhibited such natural sort of drive you were so driven conscientious ambitious you know the companies that you work for when we were together you treated them as if they were your own and so there was a lot of evidence there for me to say hey if you're going to have a crack at this the odds are definitely in your favor by mm-hmm. by the nature of general nature of who you are and how you approach your work So so that gave me a lot of confidence at the time. And so really when you say that, what I think is, okay, that's (laughs) self-trust, right? Like you, or or trust of me rather. Yeah, definitely, which is, you know, one of the most important things in a relationship, right? Yeah, and like I think we both have a really strong desire of 
we both want to allow one another to do the things that the other really wants to do. And for both of us, we've made a real commitment to going, we're not going to live like gendered roles. We're not going to live the roles that society tells us to live. We're not going to play by anyone else's rules. And I feel like over the last seven years, we've really <laughs> fucked off so many of those rules over yeah. and over again and really decided not to... Not even consciously. Yes. To a degree. Yeah, that's true. Yes, we've been quite, you know, deliberate on, on one hand, but on another, yeah, things have kind of like quite organically, you know, developed over time Definitely. in terms of like support role for you as your business has grown. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's so true. Okay. So essentially when you're starting out, it's trusting one another and knowing what the worst case scenario looks like and being able to kind of have those conversations around that. And so really, if we're looking at the start still, a big part of starting a business is knowing that some changes are going to happen in your lives, right? Oh, they yeah. definitely did for us yeah. because I was all in. I was like, <laughs> I am all in. This is happening. I'm building a successful business. And you were like, okay, let's do this. And mm. the reason I communicated that so much is because I know that for me to build that business, I could not do it just me. Like we very much treat everything as we're a team, we're all in, like entrepreneurship is no joke. Mm. I knew I needed your support and for you to be with me. And so we talked a lot and we also had a lot of trade-offs. I don't like the word sacrifices, <laughs> as you know, in that early period. So can you set the tone around how did those trade-offs feel for you as the partner of the person starting the business, what did they look like? How did you navigate those? Like the, probably the biggest trade-off or the biggest difference that comes to mind is when you started to put some pretty hefty boundaries in place around your own energy mm -hmm. um, and your time and what have you. And that was kind of in stark contrast to how we'd lived our life up until that point. So I think about like me going away for work and then I would come home, we would totally prioritise like hanging out all the time, catching up with our friends and family, going out for dinner like four times a week sometimes, four nights a week, you know, weekenders, going overseas, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I feel like when you started the business, you were like, hey, you know, just so you know, I'm not going to be able to do that as much, you know, and I really need you to kind of respect that. And I think it was never a question of not being able to respect it. It was just a question of getting used to that new dynamic within our relationship. So I'd say like, hey, let's go and have dinner at nine o'clock on a Tuesday night, you know, with five minutes <laughs> notice. And normally you'd be into it. And on this occasion, you'd be like, no, you know, like I'm I think at the time you were doing your qualification with Beautiful You and everything else that was going with it at the time. So that was probably an adjustment. And if I'm being honest, there were some occasions where I was like, well, normally we do this and normally, you know, yeah. it's cool. And all of a sudden you weren't there and all of a sudden I was having to apologise more to like friends and family because you couldn't make it. So that was probably the biggest adjustment at that time and something that we ultimately did really well. Yeah. You know, and it was probably me sorting my own shit out there more than anything and just how I processed that at the time. I think it's really hard when, as 
the entrepreneur, like from my perspective, I was really trying to work out what my boundaries were. And I was having to get, like you said, really good at ring fencing my energy Mm. and going, okay, I need to prioritize the business because right now I'm working in corporate. I've got a team, I've got clients. And in addition to that, I'm starting a business and I'm studying like shit got real really quickly for for me and for us, therefore. Mm. And I did, like you say, have to create so many boundaries. And it was hard for me because there would be times when I would want nothing more than to just go to a bar and sit opposite you and have a drink. But I was so focused on these big goals. And I think that saying no, like when you're prioritizing, okay, I'm in a season of building a business right now. It's not just about saying no to the stuff that you never really wanted to do anyway, but it's Mm. saying no to the things that you love doing. Like going for long dinners or going for long lunches and all of those things. And so Mm. that felt really hard for me. And I think that times when we would maybe butt heads around that, yes, it may have been that you were having to get used to that. Absolutely. But it was also me having to hold those firm boundaries without wavering. And there were definitely times when I wavered and it was like, but love me and want me to come out with you. Mm. Tell me that you're (laughs) going to miss me not being there, but also respect that I'm not going to be there. Yeah, for sure. You know, like I'm probably a little more blasé about stuff and, you know, and I guess because I would come home and have lots of time on my hands, I was able to be more spontaneous in that regard. And I like that side. And then, but you were like, that shit is just not going to fly with yeah. what I need to do here and how I, you know, need to go about building this business. So it was a learning curve for me to sort of have to go, right, if it's going to be in there, We're going to plan it. And I think I'm still working on that to a degree, but much, much better at it. I think ultimately, you know, what's important to you is important to me. Yes. And that ultimately I was supportive of what you were doing and I was on board. And so that kind of underpinned even the moments of like the heated moments of like, why can't we go on holiday at this time? You know, ultimately I just wanted you to to get after it and I was supporting you to do that. And so... Yeah. And that's so good because it's coming back to what matters, right? And something you talk about a lot, because I know you've done so much reading around this, you know, for background, you're such an exceptional learner. And I just love like the personal development journey you've gone on over the last few years, completely separately to me and my business. And I think we'll talk more about different journeys a little later on mm. because I think that's so useful to to touch on. Mm. But witnessing you as you've been, you know, learning more about and, and sharing with me about with communication and like how it's really easy to be really reactive with things. And then also like you can be really reactive about something, but that is not usually helpful because it is like you say about coming back to, okay, well, what really matters here? Mm. And usually at the crux of everything, you're on the same team. So it's like, Mm. let's not sweat the little stuff. Let's not get irritated about the little things that don't Mm. matter because ultimately we're on the same team. We have the same values and we both want what's best for one another. Yeah. And the other thing that I think I've probably learned is that that putting those boundaries of steel and structure around your work life meant that we could you know spend time together and find windows to kind of hang out and catch up with family and I must admit two things one you you would always like if it if something like a window cropped up you'd be like hey you know I think we can 
go and do this now because mm. I've rescheduled this or I managed to get this done, you know, I had a really productive day. And so you were quite good at, you know, balancing that out if you had a window. And the other thing is I think that you turned it into a practice. You know, I think about when you go through a launch phase now compared to back then, you are a master at it. It's you know, different nowadays. It's, it's like polar opposite almost. <laughs> because I was learning, right? Yeah, but exactly, right? You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was learning and entrepreneurship is full of learning mm. and there were times where you would probably bear the brunt of all of that because I'd be trying to work out something and learning mm-hmm. how to do something and hiring team and rising and failing and going through all of those highs and lows. Mm. And yeah, you would bear the brunt of so much <laughs> of that. And so I think that it's useful to know as well. Water off a duck's back. <laughs> as we're talking <laughs> about these things that there's stages in business and where we were at at the start and what our relationship needed at the start is different to what it needs now. And I feel like at the start of the business, it was very much about lots of meaningful conversations, like really meaningful chats. And nowadays it's more about like finding quality time. So let's maybe talk about, we'll just sort of wrap up the start of the business phase and talk a little bit more about meaningful conversations and what that looked like for us. And then we can go on to talk a little bit more about how we separate out business time from quality time because we've got a few questions about that. So in terms of meaningful conversations, obviously everything we've talked about so far has basically been centered around you and I having a chat. (laughs) And uh, something I think we both do pretty well is communicate. You're a really good listener. I am not as innately as great a listener as you are. And I feel like that's something I've learned so much from you mm. as well as being a coach, obviously. <laughs> You're inherently excellent at it. You know, when I say meaningful chats, what comes up for you? Like how do you think we communicate in a way that works well? I honestly think that communication and getting really friggin' good at that is what has got us through the most stressful moments, you know, disagreements, all of the above, you know, like I think prioritising the meaningful chats, like you say, you know, has been a huge asset for us. And like doing it in, so being very intentional, deliberate, you know, and and it felt probably a little bit weird at the start. You're like, hey, we're in the same room. Why can't we just talk now about, you know, something, especially if it's like of a certain significance, you know, learning that, that there is a time and a place and a way to communicate to inevitably just make sure you're both on the same page together, you know, and you know what's coming up, but also, you know, you you check in with what's important and what, what goals lie ahead for both of you, but particularly in your business. So like, you know, just an example, you would say, hey, I'm going to come up, I'm coming up to a really busy period. I'm launching, I've got a million calls, I'm writing content, et cetera, et cetera. And so consciously, deliberately freeing up time to go, hey, let's have a drink tonight, let's have a happy hour or let's have coffee tomorrow morning or let's go to lunch and let's, let's talk about that and, and what it looks like. That's been a huge thing for us. When's, when's my favourite time to have those chats? Oh, um, yeah. 
So we try really hard not to discuss major, major things and make major decisions after about 3 or 4 p.m. Because um, I fall off a cliff <laughs> after about 3 or 4 p.m. Che manages to have this like incline thing I that happens. at like 5 or 6 o'clock. And For me, yeah. no. I'm at my peak at like 7 in the morning. Yeah. I feel like our sweet spot these days is like 10 a.m. Which is ironically yeah. the time we're doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think also like in terms of your circadian rhythm, it's like you're most alert uh, that time of day. So, yeah, so I think knowing when you communicate best is a big asset. And if, you know, you've, you've both been at work or you've both had a long day or even though it might be really important, really critical that you discuss whatever it is you need to discuss ASAP, think it through and, and if you can reschedule for another time when you're fresh, you had a sleep, you can actually be present with one another, connect, you're going to win every totally. time. Yeah. In our household, can we have a chat about X doesn't mean anything bad. I feel like <laughs> for many households, it's like, hey, can we talk about whatever mm. might mean that something bad is coming? really doesn't in our house. It's like, it just means we want to sit down and have a conversation about something. And so, you know, another example of that might be, say I'm planning on making like a big investment in the business. You know, I might sit down and have a conversation with you about that. And so I think something else that's really useful to know is that you're obviously a director of Swift Ventures, but even if you were not a director, we are very much a team with everything that we do. And so if I'm planning on making like a really big investment in the business, I know that that's potentially still a choice where that year I could be bringing in more profit rather than making that investment. And so for me, it's always like, I want to bring those conversations to you because you're part of the business with me. And we do it in our lives as well. Like Mm. If one of us was going to buy some expensive camping gear, <laughs> we would probably have a discussion about that as well. And it's never like a, hey, can I ask your permission? It's just a, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Would love to know your thoughts. And I think that's really important. For sure. And yeah, I think sometimes, you know, even the most trivial matters, you know, if it if it feels like you need to, to broach it with your other half, you just you just do it. But yeah, certainly I feel like anything maybe like in terms of finance, it's like anything probably like sub three, four hundred bucks. We don't need to necessarily talk about it unless you're like, am I crazy buying X for this and you just need a sanity check? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, even though you're very much in the driver's seat with your business and whatnot, I think uh, just being there as a sounding board when you're going to make some larger decisions around where to invest and what to spend the money on or what a direction to take. I think uh, that's good. And, and, and not even just to help with the decision, it's more just to feel included, which I know we talked about recently. Feeling included and feeling a part of the business as it develops and stuff, even if you don't work in it, even if you're not, you know, a partner or in it as such. Yeah. Um, fit that feeling of inclusion is, is really good. I think that's so true. And I think that's true for everything in life, not just business. But Mm. obviously, it's really important for us when it comes to business is that I reckon, 
and I'm just guessing here, so tell me if I'm wrong, but mm. I reckon the reason it's so much easier for you to be really supportive is because I share so much of what's going on. Over and above all of this is that we have a really shared vision and we have really shared goals as a partnership. You know, we talk about being a team and for us, you know, we're getting married soon. We, we own a home together. Like our life is very much intertwined and mm. we've created it to be that way. And so the business is just one part of that. And so ensuring that you're really included is really important. And I remember having a moment a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, God, the business has only been around three years, <laughs> like a year and a half ago, maybe where things kind of started to escalate and I was stacking more offers and I had team come on board and I was like, wow, I cannot share everything that's happening in the business with Che anymore. Like there's mm. just too much happening now to share everything. But what I did make a conscious effort to do was make sure that I was sharing the important things. And just to go back to, you know, at the start of running a business as well, it's like, that is so important is just really allowing your partner to be really included in the vision. Because mm. I think sometimes when we might feel that frustration of, oh, you know, they don't know what's happening. It's because they actually genuinely don't know what's happening yeah. because we haven't shared our vision with them. And I know that for so many, I'm, I'm going to say my women who are listening, because that's obviously who mm. this podcast is for. Yeah. For so many of us, it's hard to share that because it's like, well, I don't know. I'm scared. Like, what if my vision doesn't come to fruition? Yeah. And I really understand that. It's like step one verbalize your vision to your partner and then keep doing so. So nowadays I say to you all the time, this is going to be a million dollar business. This is going to be a million dollar business. And every time those words come out of my mouth, it's petrifying, <laughs> but you need to be in with me on that vision because you need to know where we're going just as much as I need to know where we're going. Right? Absolutely. I think it's great, you know, to be able to share the, to share the wins and be a part of the progress, even if even if it's indirectly, you know, is great. And then on the other hand, you know, if you're having a rough period, you know, if you're sharing a few setbacks and stuff like that and it's leading to stress or, you know, or, or something along those lines, at least I'm aware of what's going on and like, oh, yeah, you know, this this is kind of not ideal right now and uh, so you can kind of – so I can kind of – I'm not left guessing or making assumptions. I'm kind of like yes. can just like give you some space, give you some support – whatever, you know, the whole sort of, um, you know, problem shared, problem halved kind of thing. Totally, which yeah. swings both ways. I mean, mm. obviously, for the purpose of this podcast, we're talking about it in relation to me running the business and Che being a support person for that yeah. business. But ultimately, in our relationship, it's like the door swings both ways with Che's work and the ways in which I show up to support him. And so ultimately, that's what it's all about. It's like, screw gender roles, screw any of those things, just work out how you can support one another and then show up in that way. Does that feel yeah, fair? Of course. Yeah. And I mean, I must, and I will just say for the record, like I've always felt supported. I've never. Nice, darling. Yeah. <laughs> but on the subject of gender roles, I think straight away and the indirect support roles is like, you know, me cooking dinner. So <laughs> just instance. to give some context to this, Che is a very exceptional cook. Me, not so much. <laughs> and you also love it. I enjoy it, which makes a huge difference, right? And I think that uh, certainly back in the early days, working away and before I had some things going on, 
uh, when I would come home, you know, I could spend all day planning out what to mm. cook uh, that evening or like spending like eight or nine hours slow cooking something, which I still love to do when it's I get hobby. time. But yeah, I, I, find, I, I enjoy cooking. Um, so that that's a huge help. But it also makes me feel like I am playing a supportive role, you know, sort of doing that. And any of the other stuff, I mean, like doing the washing, doing the cleaning. For the record, sort of I also do all those things. But of even course, like, but like I don't bitch and moan. Totally. If it's down to me kind of thing. In Definitely. Fact, I try to and do view it as a like, a, no, you're flat chat. And look, there's been times where we've both been flat out and so we, we outsource. outsource. <laughs> we outsource a lot. And that's actually a really great yeah. thing to just mention here is that you know, like I said at the top of this, we don't have kids and, you know, there's probably so many people listening who do have kids and can hear us yeah. talking about... You I feel know, like they're probably laughing right yeah, now. Yeah, all the things that we do. And, you know, we are very aware that life will change when that <laughs> time comes for us. But, yeah, like right now, this is what life looks like for us. But even still, mm. we outsource so much and I'm really proud of that because it's really intentional. You know, we outsource cleaning, we outsource gardening, and we do not have a very big garden, but we outsource <laughs> it anyway. What else do we outsource? Just a little, like, maintenance Major things. things. But I think, you know, like, we live a fairly modest life as it is, right? And yeah. so sometimes it can feel a little bit indulgent, maybe getting a cleaner in for your little townhouse. But it can be great in terms of freeing up both of our time and some bandwidth in our heads to know yeah. that that's been taken care of and so it's worth every penny but we make up for it in other areas. And I think that coming, like we said, we'd come to the topic of quality time which is mm. the perfect lead-in. I feel like we really prioritise quality time together and I think that you really spearhead that really well in our relationship that you're always so mindful of quality time being a priority for us and mm. so the reason we sometimes do outsource is because say Che's been you know working away and we have a weekend together we would much rather go out for dinner and have quality time together than feel like we are doing washing or cleaning the house or whatever because we also, I mean, I'm a Virgo. We like to have a neat house. That's a priority for us. <laughs> no matter what, that is a priority for us. And so let's talk a little bit about quality time. So in our love languages, which if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about when we refer to love languages, we'll definitely pop it in the show notes. Yeah. Our love languages are that our top ones are physical touch. And for me, it's words of affirmation. And for you, it's acts of service. Mm which is really useful to know. And I think third on our list is quality time, but it's still something that we mm. both really prioritise. I think the second one for me is physical touch as well. Physical touch yeah. is second one. I like to hug it out. Yes. And acts, your acts of service guy is your top one, right? Yeah. 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 I think Very much so. Yep. How do you think we create quality time? What comes up for you when I share that? I feel like I have to preface this again with the fact that we enjoy spending time together. Yeah. You know, we have a relationship, you know, where we where we like to hang out and do those things. So I don't necessarily 
think it feels like something that's terribly difficult, but something that we've got better at, and I've probably got better at too, is actually being more deliberate about, you know, blocking out that time or, you know, prioritising quality time because as we've seen in the various seasons of your business, if you don't, it just, it won't happen. Yeah. And even though you might be working in the same house, a room apart, you know, and you'll pass each other in the in the hallway or on the stairs, like you might not be hanging out. You're sort of there in body but not in mind kind of thing. So, and I guess the little things are quite good. So quality time might not necessarily be like taking a weekend together. Quality time might be and is for us, I guess, going to Pilates together, going for a 15-minute walk around the block, you know, going out to dinner or having happy hour or even, you know, if I'm cooking... We'll kind of like dim the lights and mm. light some candles, put some music on, crack a bottle of wine maybe or soda water if we're behaving <laughs> ourselves and, and just kind of make that about, you know, coming together and you'll sit, sit at the counter and even if you have a few things to chip away at, which you're very good, I must admit, I'll throw in here, amazing multitasker. Um, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I think doing that and being quite deliberate has been good. And we will continue to do so. And then, but we will also prioritise like, you know, holidays and and whatnot. And, you know, when we're on those holidays and you still have work to do, you're like, hey, I've got a call at this time and call at this time, but we can slot in coffee here, lunch here, swim with a whale shark here. We just so got on. back from a trip up north <laughs> where we swam with the whale sharks and it was... Pretty amazing. It was, it's been on my bucket list forever, right? And you also absolutely loved it. We're still half in holiday mode right now. So two things you said there that I just want to touch on is yeah. those daily rituals. You know, like it's like making magic in the mundane, right? Definitely. So. If we have a day where you're working from home, so right now life is very much you're either working away or you're working from home with me and we have different offices in our house that we work from and the way that we spend time together is we might say, okay, let's meet in the kitchen for lunch at 12.30 or let's have a coffee break together. Maybe at 7 a.m. we'll have a coffee together or at 10 a.m. we'll have a coffee together and then let's meet downstairs at 6 p.m. and usually chase downstairs before me because he is usually cooking because he's much better at it than I am (laughs) and genuinely loves it and we'll create that ritual in the evening like Mm. you say where we dim the lights and all the things and you also have done so much reading around sleep and you know that that's a real priority right Mm. is creating that atmosphere for bed. Dimming the lights you know a few hours before bedtime and you know in conjunction with limiting exposure to your devices and what have you is great but I think that those like the candles the dim lights the music the, the what it's like symbolizes the end of the day and the yeah. time that we come together too there's that 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 visual cue yeah to switch off yeah, properly kind of compounds that feeling definitely and then the other thing that you touched on there was uh, holidays and mm. I think that that's just a really good thing to touch on because you know for so many of the women in my audience, they also have online businesses. And something that can become blurry is where does the business time start and end? Like when does being on become off and what does that look like? And especially when you go on holidays and Mm. 
I shared a social media post about this yesterday about Mm. how when we're going away now, we have a conversation beforehand about, okay, well, how much of a holiday is this versus like how much is it just travel and I'm also kind of working? Yeah. Because when we both know what that looks like, we can plan accordingly. So we travel quite a bit because once again, right now, don't have kids. We can, (laughs) we love it. You know, we're very privileged to be able to do that except for right now during COVID-19 mm. where we can't leave the state, but mm. usually. And just so... a pretty nice trip around our state though. We did have a nice trip around <laughs> our state. We just went up to the northwest of Western Australia and it was absolutely magic. So More we're magic. still making the most of it. Oh, it was incredible. Mm. And for that trip specifically, a couple of months ago, I planned to have a week off, you know, running my mastermind and my Swift Inner Circle so that I could be properly on holiday. But there's also times when we travel when... I'm not properly on holiday. And so I think having those conversations of, okay, how much will I be working? Like, will I be taking calls while I'm away? Will I be completely offline? Those conversations are really important to have together because it would be so easy for resentment to set in if we didn't have those conversations beforehand. Whereas now if I'm like, hey, I've got an hour of work to do today and it's going to be, you know, when we're having a beer at happy hour at five o'clock, you know, you're just so chill about that. But it's probably because we've had those conversations beforehand, right? Like we manage expectations around that. Definitely. And like I think one, we've kind of maybe grown accustomed to it, you know, just being how it is when we holiday. And also since starting your business, we've actually been able to holiday more mm. and go away more. So it's been an enabler in that respect. But also I think you've got very good at kind of preempting it now. Like Mm. it's going to look like this and this is how I'm going to handle this and this. And then, yeah, you definitely share with me what commitments you have and what you would like to do so that, yeah, that I don't discover that in the moment when I think, you know, we're going to, I don't know, yeah, go and have a drink or go and go have a coffee or go for a hike or go for a swim and you spring it on me that you've got a couple of hours of work to do or you've got a client call. I already know that. And, you know, so like I can go and, do something else, go fishing for a couple of hours, maybe. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk a little bit about conflict resolution. We definitely don't agree on everything all the time. And that's never the objective, right? Unless we really need to agree on something for something to move (laughs) forward. (laughs) What would your advice be to anyone who is just finding that, because we've talked so much about communication, if they're finding that every time they're conversing with their partner, they're just not able to get through to them or they're just not able to sit down and have a solid conversation without one person getting reactive or what's your advice around healthy conflict resolution? The first thing that comes to mind for me is like, probably if it's you having a problem with the other person or a a disagreement or you're butting heads over something as hard as it might be and I must admit it is it can be challenging especially if if there's a bit of a bit of venom to it is giving the other person some space to express themselves you know and kind of talk about where they're at and then you being an active listener and I think sometimes in yeah more heated disagreements that can be difficult and it takes a bit of courage to like pump the brakes yourself and go, okay, clearly, you know, we're not on the same page here. Talk to me, share with me where you're at. I think, I think that's a great starting point. 
And then I think um, you as the person kind of interpreting it, I think it's kind of like the, uh, is it Stephen Covey, the seven habits, you know, seek first to understand. I think that that is an an amazing principle to live by. Seven habits of highly effective people, one of our favourite books. We'll pop that in the show notes as well. Because I think he also talks that, you know, how many of us, during that time, we're listening with the not with the intent necessarily to understand. We're listening with the intent to form a, a reply or a response. So, you know, subsequently, we're not actually listening properly. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I would say invariably that would be the way to go and and try to take that heat out of it, that venom yes. out of it. And I think you know the the initial stages, that reactive phase of it of a disagreement. Um, is where the more sort of harmful, vexing words hide. Definitely. <laughs> and that's why that's why coming back to creating the space for meaningful conversations is so important because if you're both sitting down in a place where you can be open and yeah. you can have honest conversation where you both feel safe and seen – That's why that is so important. And so I think setting the environment, first of all, to have those chats is so key. And I really like what you said there around reactivity because I think for us, for example, reactivity for you often shows up as like, what? Like it's come out of left field and Mm. that maybe irritation or like ego response around that. And for me, it's emotion. So I might get really emotional about something where, if I just calm down and I ground, I know that because our values are aligned, because we're a team, because we choose each other every day, Mm. that there's always a solution. Even if the solution is, we don't necessarily agree on that right now, but Mm. that's okay. Yeah. It it can take, you know, some things take time. And, and I guess that's another option for you if, if you, if you can't, get to the bottom of it or, or resolve it, you know, the way you want, right, then take a time out and yeah. walk away, or, you know, revisit it, park it for now, you know, definitely. definitely. But I think especially if you're perhaps one of those like yin and yang style couples where 99% of the t- which I guess we are, we are. Um, you know, we're 99% of the time you, you fit together nicely, sometimes that, that initial kind of uh, reactive moment can be as a, as a product of that and what you really need to do is be patient and wait to get to the more slow analytical side of it to really sort things out. Does that make sense? It makes total yeah. sense and the reason why I asked you that is because I think that listening and patience are two of your best traits <laughs> and they're also two traits that, well, listening, I think, I'm a good list, really good listener with clients, obviously. Definitely. Um, Patience? Would you say that's my strong point? I wouldn't. <laughs> I think there is patience there, but these days your your efficiency, productivity, all those things which you need to be to achieve the things you're achieving right now kind of maybe, I don't know, overshadow patience. But I wouldn't say you're not patient. not patient. I think you're being extra kind, <laughs> my darling, because I think that I can be crazy impatient. But if we were not recording right now, you would answer in that exact same way. And that is why I love you. <laughs> but I guess those are some some good examples of maybe a yin and yang, a quality that kind of maybe that I get from you and maybe you get from me. 
that maybe I sort of like impart a degree of patience and, and what have you on yeah. you and then from you I get, you know, sort of a bit of a, a shot in the arm to, to kind <laughs> of get on with it a bit. And, you know, Move that's forward. such a good point, actually, because isn't it interesting how the things that can frustrate you about your significant other are often the biggest gifts? Mm. And so it's true, like your um, like indecision <laughs> and patience and like just mass ability to chill and mm. be like a Pisces daydreamer <laughs> are things that I love so much about you mm. because they – encourage me to do and be all of those things which I'm not naturally inclined to do and they also give me the shit sometimes Mm, mm. and so it's like honoring both of those things right because there are times when my decisiveness drives you freaking crazy Mm. because you think that I'm being really nonchalant and whatever about it like flippant you know but you know like you haven't maybe thought it through but then you know you know for me I guess that you know my kind of slow analytical taking my time to like sort through the options and choose the best one and I'll get back to you in three days with what I think (laughs) um you know could is easily misconstrued as like indecision and Mm. what have you but for the most part they're they're complimentary yeah and when they're not we usually just tease each other about each other about it yeah happens a lot in our relationship I feel like we give each other shit all the time totally even in front of our friends and family at like the dinner table like, are they okay? Maybe sometimes <laughs> looks like we're being serious. <laughs> like all is well. Uh, yeah. And that's a really good point actually because we're pretty light about things, right? Like ultimately we're like none of this matters. All that really matters and and this comes back to values which we've mm. touched on a little bit is for you and I, we value our relationship with one another so much because we know that without that being solid and awesome Mm. that nothing else will be solid and awesome because we've you know decided that we want to do life as a team and we you know we both have really close families that live nearby to us and we spend a lot of time with our families and we both have you know different work and when you work away I might be kind of managing the admin in our lives and Mm. and so we very much are like okay everything starts from that team and also nothing else really matters other than, you know, that we're both happy and healthy and mm. that our family is safe and happy and healthy and that we're living out our one precious life, doing the yeah. things that we both want to do. But the little things like mm. how did this scratch get on the dining room? I don't know. I'm trying to think about something that would irritate me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I mean maybe I can like get a little too hung up on the small stuff sometimes. You definitely help me through that. But yeah, just uh, ruining yeah, each other. I agree. I think you know, like happiness. I think you can view as the the foundation upon which everything else sits. You know, yeah, that and sleep. It's true. Um, <laughs> it's true. Another thing with conflict re- resolution is is if if one of you possibly can be a proactive and nip it in the bud early on. You know that kind of stops it from you know festering and stops yeah. the other person making assumptions or you making assumptions and nibbing it in the bud defining it making space to hear the other person out totally and neither of us like drama neither of us want no to be arguing or disagreeing you know we have a very harmonious house and 
I know that I've witnessed with couple friends that sometimes there is that element of like thinking that that's the only way to resolve things. Mm. And we have decided that that's just not a truth for us. Like Mm. we can resolve big things through considered conversation. And I think you taught me how to do that really well. And so knowing that it might even be a generational belief that if things are going to be resolved, it has to be through like a heated discussion or an argument and mm. that's then how you have a breakthrough. Like it, mm. I don't believe it has to get to that. shouldn't have to get to that point. Yeah. Look, you know, we're not perfect. We have our moments and we've had our moments but and, you know, we work at it and, you yeah. know, we've got a lot better at it but, you know, I think you're bang on. Like it doesn't have to get to that point. And so... For anyone that's listening to this who is like, I'm starting my business or I'm scaling my business and my partner is not on board. They don't (laughs) support me. They're not on board. This is something that comes up a lot. And I feel like the reason you just giggled then is because you're like, I just know that that's a truth. Like you are a little bit of a unicorn, but even you, what you shared before of it was kind of hard to get on board at the start because of all of the what could go wrong reasons So let's just talk to that. Like say Mm. someone's partner's not on board. Mm. What would you say to them? How would you encourage that that woman in my community to to resolve that? There's certainly been moments where I wouldn't say I wasn't on board as such, but I felt a teeny bit on the outer like I wasn't on board and, and that maybe, you know, encouraged me to like be less encouraging, less supportive. And when I really think about it, I think it probably was in the very, very early stages because I, I didn't entirely get where you were headed with stuff. And it being all quite new to me, you know, maybe how you would you would monetize and, and those sorts of things. And as that became more apparent and you included me more in the discussions and, and even the decisions and what have you, and I started to get much more clarity around what you had in mind and where you were headed and what your plan was, I was naturally able to get more on board and yeah. supportive. So I would probably say, you know, straight off the bat, you know, are you including them regularly in what you're doing? Do they get what you're about to do embark they on? Get do they it? get the significance of what you're about? You know, it might feel huge for you. Um, so I think trying to impart some of that on them so they feel its significance as well. Checking in on that. I think that, uh, you know, maybe having like a, like a no, no holds barred Q&A, you know, where they can ask whatever you want, you know, whatever they want of you about the business yeah. could, could clear the air. Are they normally supportive and encouraging of you up until that point? Um, it's a pretty good indication. An indicator. I mean, I guess, again, you know, a sign of a good relationship is that you, that you want the best for one another and you're, you're naturally supportive and encouraging of, of what the other is doing and what, what's important to them. And, uh, yeah, just uh, those sorts of things, really. I love what you said there about are they supportive normally? Because ultimately, you know, neither of us are relationship coaches, no. but I'm going to take a, a pretty strong stab in the dark when I say that I think being wildly supportive of one another is up there with one of the most important things in a relationship. It sure is for us. And mm. so, you know, if you have a partner that's never really supporting you with anything, then I'm going to say it like, girl, <laughs> maybe it's time to reassess that relationship. Yeah, and well, I guess there yeah, it's going to be, if under normal circumstances you, you're not necessarily feeling that 
with one another in the face of uncertainty and with a new business and what have you, then it's, I I dare say, it ain't going to get any better. No, it's true. And, you know, for the most part, from what I see is that is not actually the case. What is the case is what you said there. There's just that lack of understanding. That was my, you know, I think that was my thing. Yeah, you weren't in online business. Just needed to really, you you know, get a feel for what was happening. And, Definitely. and then you've done an amazing job, uh, like we touched on earlier, about making me feel as though I'm along for the ride, letting me ask, you know, a thousand stupid questions, and then that support and encouragement being reciprocated. So whatever I go and do, I've always felt supported and encouraged as well. So therefore, I give it back. It makes it easier, that beautiful ability to then give and receive. The natural give and take of it. Yeah, it's true. A well-balanced relationship for sure. I think that's so important. And something that I see as well is that quite often when you are starting, because you have those flurry of emotions and thoughts and feelings and fears, is that it's really easy in that moment to self-sabotage with the Mm. whole, oh, he just doesn't get it. It's never going to happen because he doesn't get it. He doesn't support me. But you know, you can hear even the way like I'm talking about it, right? Mm. It's like that would be such an easy way to self-sabotage because it's like it would be very easy to just say he doesn't support me and therefore it's never going to work because he doesn't support me. But it's like if we embrace our own sovereignty and really go, well, what do I need to Mm. do for this business to be created? What do I need to do to be able to share it with my partner? Like it starts and ends with us as the person wanting to embark on the change. Yeah. Same as if you were starting a business, which you have as well, and the roles have been reversed. You know, it's Mm. like really going, what does this look like? Yeah. Take a lot of courage in those early moments to share openly about those things. You know, you might feel nervous about what you're about to embark on. You might feel silly. There might be some some trepidation there. So you're reluctant to really open up about that to your partner and, and, and also maybe because you're concerned about how they might receive the news and that might disorientate you and, and, and what have you. But I think if you can if you can find the wherewithal to, to do that early on, it support you. really support you. Yeah. And relationships are such a mirror, right? So those mm. conversations are likely going to be confronting because it's confronting for you to admit it. Mm. And so just knowing mm. that relationships are a mirror and often those conversations may feel hard because it may feel hard for you first and foremost to embrace the change, start the business, scale the business. These conversations, you know, we've talked a lot about start of the business just because I think some of those big conversations are really relevant at the start, but Mm. it may be just as relevant when you're, maybe you form a new relationship when you've got a multi six figure business already, or, Mm. you know, like I said, you're scaling, like these conversations never stop. Um, It's just changing what they look like. So let's dance to another big topic Mm. that we were asked about and that I hear a lot and that's around spiritual journey, personal development journey, Hmm. because especially when you're embarking on a business where you are the face, you're the coach, creative consultant, (laughs) you know, you're driving everything and it's you, especially for my clients, right, where it's all mindset marketing related. There's a lot of personal development (laughs) stuff that goes on with that. I would say that starting my business was the biggest personal development journey of my life. And when you go on any kind of big growth journey, personal development journey, spiritual journey, 
there is so much transformation that occurs within that time. There's obviously many changes and when changes occur, they can make you feel like you're perhaps growing apart from your partner at times. And I'm sure there's times for us where that's happened. It's so hard to recall exact moments, right, when yeah, you're doing something like yeah, this. But nothing springs to mind, but I, I know what I you're know saying. I know it did. Yeah, I know what the I question know, is getting at. Yeah. Right, and I know there were times for me when I'd be like, oh, I've gone and done, you know, this new thing or I've had this major aha moment in a meditation and is Che going to understand that or whatever it might be. From your perspective, what's that looked like? Because I've gone on a personal development journey and also you over the last five to seven years have gone on your own personal development journey. And for us, they've been separate journeys because Mm. we're both very much independent beings Mm. and that's just how it's unfolded for us. Mm. What do you think has allowed us to stay together as we've gone on different personal development journeys and what are some ways that yeah what do you think we've done well what do you think we've done good in terms of what we've done well I know like sounding like a broken record here about communication but we talked but that's seriously you know that is something we've done well I'm probably more a conservative sort of spiritual person but I, I still have a foot fairly firmly in the, in the spiritual camp in that regard. You definitely do. Um, you know, for sure. But I've learnt a lot as you've gone through your um, personal development journey to to kind of be accepting, more accepting of some of your more advanced, you know, spiritual like beliefs. What? That, that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, you know, nothing totally springs to mind. Um, maybe angel cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I... Love pulling cards as part of a morning routine, or I probably do it a couple of times a week. And it's one of those things where you can't quite get on board with that as a modality. I'm challenged to a degree that, you know, a piece of plastic or cardboard can, you know, you know, hold that much power. But, (laughs) but look, again, like fundamental to our relationship is that I care about you, support you, want the best for you etc etc I'm happy to kind of like let you have those moments and also I think you share their importance quite a lot and their meaning for you um, which helps me and the meaning you're you get behind it's yeah you know we both are huge believers in mindset the power of the mind but I, I think it's useful to share that our spiritual journeys and our journeys in relation to mindset and the power of the mind. We've really done those things at different times. You know, I feel like I've been manifesting my entire life and it's probably only in recent years that you're like become the king of manifestation. Seriously, it actually (laughs) irritates me because I feel like now you are the one who is just killing it with manifestation. And I'm over here like, how have you just got that check in the mail? Literally, literally. How many? That's happened like three times now. It has, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer now. Yeah. yeah. Took some time, you know, from first being introduced to the concept to now. But yeah, I'm, I can firmly say I'm a believer. And so I just really want to debunk this myth that to be in a healthy, happy relationship that's constantly thriving you have to be at that exact same spiritual level as your partner at all times. Like I think that that's a real BS myth in the spiritual world. And I see with single girlfriends, you know, who are looking for conscious partners, you Mm. know, quote unquote, that there's this real like I need to find somebody who 
is meditating for two hours a day and is, you know, so spiritually advanced in all of these ways. And I just know that to be total BS from not only our experience, but when I look at friends of ours who are in long-term relationships and very happy relationships, it's like, I think just honoring one another's personal development journeys, honoring that they're different, honoring that you might come to me and share that you've learned some new thing definitely from Tim Ferriss. I definitely didn't say it three years prior. Definitely never happened. It was definitely... Do I detect a hint of sarcasm in your voice? <laughs> Just a definitely dash. not. Mm, mm. <laughs> right? Would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah. I think I think being supportive of those times and I, I just see that your spiritual practices and, and bits and pieces is just such a critical part of your self-care regime, particularly when, you know, you, you enter a season. And so yeah, I, like I view it, you know, in, in the same camp as, as sleep, diet, and exercise, you know, that's your thing. I mean, and you know, the same probably with, in terms of exercise, this person is really drawn to this type and this person is drawn to this type. Yeah, it's a good way um, of putting it. You know, and it, which is probably a fairly male-centric meat and potatoes way of looking at it. But it's in the same way that it's, you know, I'm not going to live and die by you, you know, wanting to take an interest in like fishing or um, <laughs> playing the guitar or something, I don't feel a need to be totally on the same page as you spiritually and sharing your practices. Although we... In recent times, we have come together on, on a couple. And I would probably just say, like, if something piques your interest as the partner in the relationship, have a crack. Give it a shot. and Be open-minded yeah, to it. And if it's still not for you, you know, then, then that's great. But, you know, and I think, again, like going back to what we touched on before, like, you know, we have a lot of banter between each other and we chip each other a lot about stuff. And so one of the things that we... I can make fun of you from time to time about is some of your spiritual stuff, but it doesn't mean I'm not supportive. I don't take it seriously or that it's, that it's not important to you. I think it's my demeanor. <laughs> I'm inherently really light in my nature. And so I might say something that might sound really flippant, like, it's all good. My spiritual guides will take care of that or, <laughs> right? Like just something really, and I believe it to my core and that's why Che might giggle. But I'm like, no, no, that's a, that's a full-blown, full-body belief for me. Mm. And I think the reason you giggle sometimes is because it's almost like, it's almost like, wow, how can you trust so deeply all the time? It's hard to really analyse exactly where it comes from but I think it just you know in terms of our dynamic that initial kind of phase of, of when you you you'll say something like or express something like that it just kind of it challenges me to a degree but, th but then I will invariably automatically seek to you know just make light of it make yeah, fun of it totally and so <laughs> ladies know that your partner will come around on so many things and be patient with that just express why that particular belief or practice or whatever is so important to you because yeah. if you have a, a supportive encouraging loving partner then what matters to you should matter to them and if that's a, a deep spiritual practice that helps you get through helps you be productive and all those things then, then they're going to be right behind you on that. totally and don't make assumptions right don't make assumptions that they're not with you don't make assumptions that they're not going to be into it no way yeah, yeah. just share it knowing that 
yes, they might be resistant at first. Mm. They might not be. They might surprise you. Yeah, point blank, ask straight out sometimes. It's really good too. You know, I mean, we can do it and maybe in newer relationships and and older relationships, we we can dance around things a little bit um, with assumptions. And so maybe somebody does need to take the lead and just ask, you know, point blank, hey, what's the deal with this? Yeah, Mm. it's true. Don't be afraid to do that. Mm. So, Che Robinson. (laughs) Yes. I was about to say your full name there and then I just (laughs) stuck to Che Robinson. Yeah. Let's finish things up here because we have talked about so many things. Like we've talked about everything from communication to quality time to meaningful chats to what to do if your partner's not supportive or how you felt at the start and, you know, maybe where any trepidation came from for you. We've talked about spiritual journeys, rituals, so many things. Mm. If you were to sum up a couple of pieces of advice based on our experience, obviously, what would be the biggest pieces of advice for any couples where one of them is either embarking on or in business and they're obviously really conscious of creating a really harmonious relationship alongside that. Right out the gate, prioritise communication. Or no surprise. Make space for communication and be thoughtful about it. What's coming up, you know, like you might be about to embark on your journey or you might be about to, you know, go into a super duper busy period. So if you want to get that across to the other person, you know, figure out when the best time is giving you both the opportunity to sit there and be present and and connect with one another and pay attention and then figure out how you're going to get that across. I mean, one thing I think I'm mindful of with you is that you have this like hypersensitivity to being told what to do. And so (laughs) I I I feel like I've become really good at reframing things to uh, along the lines of, um, you know, sort of what, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Or, you know, (laughs) have you considered uh, this as an option? Um, You know, so learning, learning what best connects with your other half in terms of delivery has been, been really Mm. valuable. Prioritize communication. Why, when, and how. Why, when, and how of communication. I love that Mm. so much. And then, yeah, I think, again, we touched on before, but just to reiterate, it's like just checking in periodically, fairly regularly about what's important to you both and what's important to you, respectively of individuals and sharing that. Because it does change and, and, and especially as you learn and develop and grow, you know, your priorities shift. So checking in regularly and talking about it is, is a big one. I guess learning to sort of play along the way. You know, your business is important, finances, family, work, it's all important stuff. But, you know, learning to keep it light and being able to have fun together is definitely of great value for sure. It's true. And, um, yeah, that I think, you know, in my opinion, a, a great relationship is one that, you know, where you bring the best out in each other. Mm. And so if, if you have that in the back of your mind as you move forward, I think you'll always be on the right track. I love that. Thank you for being the first guest on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a really great interview, great chat. Interview sounds very formal. <laughs> and... Uh, I know that we just both hope that it's really useful and that there's something in there for other couples who might be in a similar situation to us. Yeah, so absolutely. Thank you for doing this with me. I know that, you know, we like to keep our relationship 
pretty separate to mm. the business. And I think this is going to be really helpful. And mm. I love you. Love you too. There you have it, my love. I hope you loved that episode as much as I loved recording it with Che and that you were able to get so much out of it. I know that we've just navigated so much in our journey together uh, through business over the last few years and we've 100% grown in our relationship because of the business. So I hope that you're able to share this episode with your partner and use it to really fuel some conversations that really support you around your business and your relationship. If you loved this episode, I would love so, so much if you could jump on over to iTunes and give me a five-star review. This podcast is a newbie and we want to get it into the ears of as many humans as we possibly can. So it would absolutely mean the world to me if you would jump on over and provide me with a five-star review. I also know that every single time I jump on over and give someone a review or a testimonial, that it comes back to me threefold in my own business. So that good karma is coming right back on around to you. Till next time, I hope you have a beautiful day and I will see you on the next episode of the Shine Online with Ellie Swift podcast.